So, welcome back to Connecticut Inside Out, broadcasting live from the site of the once prominent North Haven Mall that didn't actually exist. And yeah. I am your host, Tim Gabriel. I'm Steve Gifford, and I still feel bad that I don't change my Twitter bio to a scary name this time of year. Yeah, I'm Amanda Gabriel, and I'm not doing that either. Fair that enough. sounds like a lot of work. And it's hard to make big data sound creepy. Yeah. Well, no, actually. No, wait, I, no. I think big data by its very nat- nature just sounds creepy. In like an Orwellian already. way? Yes. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Or- Orwellian, yes, exactly. Yeah, okay, I should, I should just say it like big data... In quotes, big data, big data. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things where I think it got reclaimed by the tech people, and it started out as its own critique, kind of like how every like tech person is like really into Blade Runner, and now they just want to like make their companies seem like Blade Runner. Dude, oh. every tech person is not. I mean, Blade Runner's cool. I mean, come on, like or, it, it, or, it's cool, but like I'm not trying to make anybody look seem like Blade Runner. No, the, I mean th- this is the culture of not you, but like tech bros. Don't oh, take it yeah. personally. Just, no, just, tech bros for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean like there a is a lot of CEOs are like super into that movie and like have specifically like names and designs and stuff like that based there, around them. Yeah, there there is a company that's actually making Soylent. There, Unironically, there is. It's very strange. It, I mean, and I feel like there's no drinking that without under. Like, I feel like most people at least understand the reference there. And like, I don't know, I'm not okay with, with drinking people yet. Sure. We're not there yet. Yes. I mean, the world is slowly spiraling downward, but we're not there just so, yet. So the downward spiral is where we're going with this, I think. Yeah, it is. There is something super, like, acerbic about it, right? Because it is, like, it's a vegan product, Soylent, right? E- maybe? I don't know. Allegedly? You know, you know, who, did, you know who did a whole show on this that was excellent? Uh-huh. Colin McEnroe. And I listened Friend to it. Of the and, show. It, and it was great. Yes, hi, oh, Colin. I've never heard of this guy. Who, who's Colin McEnroe? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I heard actually that we got mentioned on an obscure little um, is wait, it a podcast, or is it? It's, for some reason, it comes in through my car. It's, a, <laughs> it, wait, it's called a radio. Tim, Tim are, are you are you plugging them even though they're not a sponsor? Uh, yeah, no, we don't. We don't plug non-sponsors. Yeah. They can sponsor us, and then we'll plug them. So, okay. So this one is not allowed to pay money to oh. uh, services like ours. It's actually because I gave them money. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. In- oh, okay. So it's this, this is this is a R. It's it's WNPR. Non-Patreon-based radio. Anyway, this is clearly a charity project of Amanda's. I see. Um, so we are here tonight actually to talk about none of these things. Um, three minutes in, we're going to get to the, the subject of this. Um, and we are here to talk about ghosts of Connecticut. Yeah, Halloween is right around the corner. Good spooky sound. And, uh, I'm definitely wow. going to add some reverb to that. Um, in post. And we will be uh, talking about things that used to be in Connecticut but no are no longer here anymore. So these, this could be anything from... An idea that was once prevalent in Connecticut to a place or a person or a thing, a thing, any of the what are those? The um, twenty questions the, categories. The, the blue category in Trivial Pursuit. It's oh, been yeah. a, it's been a while since I played Trivial Pursuit. Oh yeah, but yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so Amanda, you have a couple. Do you want to start us off? I do. Sure. Um. So. The first ghost of Connecticut that I'd like to talk about tonight is the Exide Battery Factory. Interesting. Mm. Which is, uh, you know, in my hometown... Sounds like a powerful story. Ha, 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 but I'm bummed. That's why you come here. <laughs> in my hometown of Fairfield... I think she just lives here, actually. Yeah, I do. Yeah. This is, we are in my home <laughs> right now. So the Exide Battery Factory it used to be in my hometown of Fairfield. It was there for about 30 years. They closed their doors in 1981. Um, but lo and behold, they 
had been contaminating the land and the Mill River for about 30 years with enormous amounts of lead and PCBs. So literally the entire time they were open. The entire time they were open, they were like leaching stuff into the Mill River, Mm. which my mother is a scientist and she had like a full on bird about this once she found out. Um, the back, the factory sat vacant for years and years and years. I actually used to work across the street from it and like kids would wander in there to like share a quarter barrel when they couldn't go to the woods or the golf course. <laughs> so that's a keg. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was actually uh, bumping up against the golf course part. Oh, oh yeah. Kids used to drink on the golf course in Fairfield. That's very Fairfield. Yeah. That's like in their little whale shorts. It was basically sure. like and, and, and their salmon colored <laughs> polo shirts. Um, with pops collars even before it was cool but like i feel like the like that was the golf course kids who got drunk on the golf course they were like the preppy kids and then like the exide battery kids they were like the punk rock tough kids right listen maybe also full of mercury going to a contaminated battery park (laughs) to to, like smoke weed and like hang out is very punk rock that's pretty metal yeah (laughs) yeah so it's heavy metal even literally literally yes been planning this remediation plan for a long time because it's like on six acres in fairfield it, like right on the downtown Fairfield line, which is it, like it's wor- it's a, it's it's good it's a good property. It's worth millions of dollars. Sure. So it's a site that's worth millions of dollars, and like in addition to being upset about the environmental impacts, the taxpayers of Fairfield were upset that they couldn't put new luxury condos sure. or a new shopping center or new whatever there because they wanted to be able to use it appropriately. And they were also double mad because the Mill River was now full of lead and PCBs. <laughs> that seems a little more important than luxury condos, but I'm, I'm just... I feel like both. Yeah. I mean, both were important. I heard about both yeah. back in... And this is back in, you know, uh, 99 to 2001 mm-hmm. when it still was not even close to being remediated. Yeah. But when well, you want to have a luxury condo close by if you're going to, like, raid the golf course at 12 p.m. As apparently they do in Fairfield. So, like, it would change the, the mix of folks going to have keggers there. But, you know. <laughs> I, I but I, I feel like for these, generally for these ghost buildings, to bring it back to Connecticut Ghosts, um, these old factories, which even though the companies don't exist anymore, um, they were very literally, they don't build them like they used to. They, <laughs> thank buildings, goodness for that. These Holy buildings are, are super actually hard to tear down. They're made of a lot of bricks. Well, the, in this case, that's true. Like mm-hmm. it was a brick building. Sure. And it was like a, it was still standing, even though kids were in and out of there having keg parties all the time. But um, I think that the toughest thing about it, the ma- the thing that made it haunt Fairfield so much, was all Ooh. the contamination. Right. And it haunted Fairfield from 1981 until July of 2019. Interesting, ladies and gentlemen, yes. it has been remediated nice. now. Because oh I guess my you know Case they closed. <laughs> so the go- the ghosts of the ghosts have been. Um, expunged well i mean they're saying that they've been expunged but mm. i don't know i don't know if the town's people of fairfield really believe them because in 2010 they tried to really push exide to start the remediation process and then in 2013 they were like you're not going fast enough so go faster so get but the, the I, I mean the other model that comes to mind here is the colt building that um amanda i think you pass on your way to work most days yeah um and that has turned into luxury so the the um, as for people who don't know, uh, as you're coming up 91 past exit 29, on the left-hand side, there's a lar- very large brick building with a blue onion dome, dome oh, on the yeah. top, yep. which is where they used to make Colt firearms. Mm-hmm. If you look on the south side of it, as you're coming up the highway, you see it right there. There's a lot of luxury condos. They look really nice. They, they actually do. They do. Yeah, it seems yeah. it, it seems like not a bad gig. 
Um, but it, it, it's bringing these ghost buildings back to life in that way. So yeah, brought it back around. I think Hartford has done a lot of that recently too. Like they have like the teacher center, which is right off of Bushnell Park, where they, ma- they made luxury condos um, and they're giving subsidies for teachers. Oh. And it's in a really nice location in Hartford that I think is kind of helping to breathe some life back into the city. At, at least I'm hopeful about that. And hopefully Fairfield will get something that's nice. Although, I mean... If we're talking about prioritizing, like Fairfield, Fairfield's okay for right now. They're like they're fine. They seem to be doing all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we had talked about on our last Halloween episode actually the the Winchester Arms yep. um, sure. factory, which is in New Haven, which is very similar. Um, it's I believe it's now a uh, like hiring firm that hires like New Haven residents um, into like local jobs. And oh, stuff interesting. Like that. that is a serious level up right there. Yeah. So the the, bu- <laughs> the building itself is being used as office space, but then farming it out to uh, finding labor for other businesses. I don't know. There there might be some level of condos because everything just turns into condos. Sure. Now, um, that are around it too, but I think Hiring One is the company that's there and they, mm. they mm-hmm. do work. I know they place people into Yale um, sometimes too, but they, they place people around um, local businesses. And, so that they're and like Casper like the Friendly Ghost of New Haven. Sure. Yeah. So actually turning that uh, that legacy of firearm purchases into something positive. Something, yeah, very positive. Mm-hmm. So um, the ghost that I have um, to add to this is um, Tommy K's video. Oh, oh, Tommy K's. Tommy K's video. No one rules on that like which, Tommy K's. Which, Tommy which K's. in its day was everywhere. Oh, in, yeah. I, I feel like it's a Southern Connecticut thing, probably. Oh, I, 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 like I know the jingle. No, no, I, I, I get it, but I don't. I feel like it didn't go much past, say, Meriden or so north i don't know um, that's like when i was when i was growing up we w- didn't concern ourselves with not fairfield county sure yes but you had them in fairfield county oh we sure did yeah 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 so I uh, and never heard of this it, so yeah it, it was <gasps> you don't know tommy k's i don't know tommy oh, k's like i tommy have like k's. video update and like movies which had like a cow as their thing which had like many O's. I don't know exactly. <laughs> oh, these are dead. These are all dead now. They're all, They're all dead. dead. It's, yeah. it's a business model that's dead. Blockbuster itself Blockbuster, is a nation. At. Oh, yeah. this is we this is they, a topic. They still have that one in Alaska, don't they? That one, yes. There's one story, which yeah. we know. Thank you, John Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they, they just this thriving business. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy K's in 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 Connecticut, but other things in other places. Blockbuster nationally, and the entire business model just simply disappeared a in a yeah. surprisingly short amount of time mm-hmm. we should sh- we should show steve our vhs collection downstairs we do have uh, some I, VHSs. I, yeah. I i can we can go toe for toe on that yeah. <laughs> plus plus i have i have the coveted pirated iraqi dvds oh nice oh, oh yeah nice. Oh. With, with malaysian subtitles so you know they're legit wow I have. So are these like bootleg things, like Turkish Star Wars, where they're like ripoff movies? Are they? No, like- no, no. These are these are some dude holding a camcorder in the movie theater. They're oh, solid. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so way, in, way in, more cl- including the very, very important box set called American, American, American. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, it is DVDs. Get more American than that. Oh no, you really can't. Of the American President. Nice. American Beauty. Double check. American History X. Okay. Yep. There you go. <laughs> That's pretty. Three much the movies story that of America, generally right are not mentioned in the same breath, but Probably there they not. are uh-huh. in the same box set. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because um, somebody, you know, somebody in Thailand had extremely high production values and just went to town. So like melodrama, yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah, pet, no. Pedophilia you, and, you and Nazis. That, that's America right there. <laughs> oh no. All right, we're putting that on the sign now. Mm-hmm. So all right, so Tommy Case is my contribution to Connecticut Ghosts. Okay. Um so I have You did research, didn't you? I did. Oh, yes. you're making us all look I did bad. like a bunch of research. Oh dear. So my, my first one is actually pretty cool. It, it is a something called Ghost Parking Lot. Has Ooh. anybody heard of this one? I mean, uh, when I need to park a ghost, that's generally where I do it. But yeah. sure. But this this was actually an art installation oh. that was at the Hamden Plaza, which the plaza still mm. exists right now. And you can go there and you can actually see other art installations from when this came out. This is kind of during the time like in the 60s and the 70s um, when we had like a surfeit of uh, capital coming in. The economy was doing really well. And a lot of like wealthy people like wanted to invest in public art. Wait, so this is the plaza with Ashley's Shoprite, Panera, uh-huh. and okay, I got it. Yeah. So this is the 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 cones that move around in the wind. Uh, no, oh. Ghost Parking Lot is the so the cones that move around in the wind is one of the things that's still there. That's called Windamigajig, ah. and it was by George Rhodes. And um, that one is still there. There's a few others that are still there as well. Um, there's one called the Weeping Column, which actually debuted at the World Trade Center. Uh, and that is still over uh, in kind of like the corner of the plaza as well. But the one that I am speaking of is called Ghost Parking Lot. And it was right outside of like right along Dixwell Avenue there. And it was basically cars that were retrofitted with um, asphalt on top of them that were like smoothed into the interior and the design of the car. So it actually looked like when you were driving by there, it sort of looked like a nuclear bomb had gone off. And there are all these cars that are, are like just kind of like enshrined in asphalt there. And it was a sort of like an art installation that had gone up for a number of years. Um, the guy who did it was named James Wines, who was actually part of this very trendy at the time architectural firm called Site, S-I-T-E. And I don't know if that stands for something. Um, but this was um, a... He had done some other things, too, um, that were very kind of like postmodern and whatnot. And he called them, uh, his style, he called de-architecture. So it was very cool. Deconstructionist. Yeah. Yeah, Steve is showing the picture to everybody right now. I've never seen it. That's amazing. Yeah. And this was something that was in Hamden, Connecticut, which if you've ever been to Hamden, Connecticut, you wouldn't think of it as the, the... thriving art scene i think is what you're looking for avant-garde center of uh of architecture um but some of the other things that he had done were there was a mcdonald's that he did that was like it looked like it was floating in air he did a lot of work in commercial real estate places there's like a weird super bizarre looking denny's if you want to look up in his like website he's still alive at this point um he had done an exposition in vancouver yeah where he did something similar where he had concrete on top of cars, motorcycles, trucks, helicopters in like kind of like a parade fashion. So it looked like it was just like a kind of a cavalcade coming up for an exposition. Um, and just like lots of other weird things like that. And he was written up pretty well at the time. So this this goes way back. I, I broke out my LexisNexis search for this. Now, is he from Connecticut? He is, uh, I think he was New York based. I think most of these people are tend to be based out of New York. Um, the Washington Post at the time said he preaches a witty but nevertheless poignant architectural sermon on the frailty of our civilization. He mocks what we hold dear. Oof. So this was very much a 
like artistic style that was sort of a critique of what was going on um, within kind of consumer capitalism at the time. And it's not still there. When did it leave? So it left in, I want to say 2003 it was finally removed. What happened to it is it, it sort of became a place. Um, it was always like a big place where like tourists would come and they would take pictures and stuff like that. But it like weathering made it like really hard to keep up with it. And this was actually something that the artist welcomed. He thought that like eventually the cars themselves would come out of the asphalt and they would just reveal themselves. And that would be like an art project unto itself. But like everybody else was kind of like, that thing is super ugly now because it's like, disgusting. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> There's like cracks everywhere. It was reported to the Blight Commission. And the guy who um, had commissioned this was a um, wealthy developer named David Berman, who actually um, sort of financed a lot of these things throughout the, the country. And he poured some asphalt over it, but he didn't do like the exacting job that the artist had done. And it just kind of looked kind of stupid. At that point, it was just like very kind of Aww, like sloppy. He, like and Frankenberried it. Aww. Yeah. And at that point, it was just kind of like it wasn't attractive. It was cracking in various places. The weather wasn't like keeping up with it. And so they eventually decided to get rid of it. You know, this one kind of actually reminded me of a different ghost that like I didn't look up beforehand. So sorry about my <laughs> limited knowledge of this. Mm-hmm. But there's like the uh, the 84 stack interchange is called the abandoned highway in Connecticut. And it's this like very complicated interchange that sits above Route 84 in Connecticut, and it's never been open to the public. This is in in Waterbury. Um, or the the mix. I'm thinking of the Mixmaster. You're thinking of the Mixmaster. This is Farmington. Is oh, this is where not um, you'd come into Route Nine. I don't maybe. know if it's where you come into Route Nine, but it's it's like you, you don't use it because it's abandoned. It's actually never opened. I think oh, I, I, I think it's right. I, I, yeah. I, I I think it's right by West Farms and the, the Route Nine interchange that right. there. And you know, actually, it was featured on Making It, which is the show with Leslie Nope and Ron Swanson, also known as Amy Poehler and L- lesser known as uh, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman, yeah. um, who sh- like show crafting projects yes, and like one of the guys. It's a really good show. It, it is actually, a really it's good an, show. And available and it's on Netflix, right? Maybe uh, Netflix or Hulu. I think it's so, like it, it's available. It's available. It's out there. Sure. And it's a really good show. And like one of the guys who was on the show is from Connecticut, and he did like his creepy project on the abandoned highway, um, which I thought was really neat. And that's a, I think that's a ghost that still lingers, and that every sure. once in a while, like the Yankee Institute will do a piece on it because like blah blah blah, whatever yeah, they gov- hate it. Government but it's actually like it's pretty cool. And uh, if you never, if you haven't seen it, it's a, uh, it's worth taking a look at. I like it. Yeah. I do have one other quick one. <laughs> Before you, before you do that, I, I would like to read off some of the names of the stores that were in the Hamden Plaza when it opened. Because when I was doing some of this research, and I have some... some and these are ghosts themselves, I think. Quotes and stuff like that from Architectural Digest, but that might be a little too like in the weeds for yeah. our listeners. <laughs> Maybe I can put those online or something like that. But um, some of the stores that were in the Hamden Plaza, which I saw being advertised in some of these like old newspapers. Um, let me know if you've heard any of these. Do it. Child World. Child My- Toy Store. Isn't it? Is it? Child? I'm almost positive it's like a Toys R Us. Yeah, I think no, so, it, yeah. It, Child World in Duxbury, Massachusetts was my father's first job out of college assembling bicycles. Oh, wow. That was what he did. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, like no trace of it whatsoever. Not now, even a little bit. But <laughs> it was, it was once World. a institution. <laughs> uh, Brian Alden. Yes. The, the China Closet. 
Sykes <laughs> Libby. Holly knows all of these. Yeah, to, yeah, to, <laughs> and, to be, still my and there was one that was just called Consumers. Right down the street from the Hamden Plaza. Uh, so I know the ghost cars and I know all these stores. Yeah. So I, I, I like to think of these things, the, these ghosts of the recent past. And, too, and, and so, and at the time, I mean, the Hamden Plaza is a very prominent place. Oh, at yeah. the time, these businesses were paying top dollar for mm-hmm. these locations, yeah. without a doubt. And yeah. advertising like daily in the Hartford Courier. Yes. And, which was like the place where you got and your news at the time. And they vanished without a trace into thin air. They don't, I don't think that they are haunting anyone right now even. They're that level of ghost. Yeah, they're they're just imprints on the world that that have left and are sure mostly forgotten at this point. But like for, I, th- I think anybody, anytime anybody thinks that like what's you know kind of like solid in the environment right now and thinks that nothing can ever change levels of permanence, right? And you know we're just going to be stuck with what we have forever. Like think about Child World. Sure. Think about Sykes Libby and and or think about like, the ghost parking lot. I don't know. I Toys R Us. Help them with like a little marketing <laughs> polish to those naming conventions. Yeah. Toys R Us. <laughs> uh huh. Toys R Us will once be out of the consciousness. And Absolutely. Yeah. Just a memory. Yes. And we'll have to explain. Wait, why did they do the R backwards? That's very strange. Yeah. That's hard to write. I feel like that would be well documented online, though. I feel like Child World is like probably closed just at the right time to not be well documented and, and there's uh, the the, yeah. the the world of child world nostalgia is probably quite small and yeah. very very sad but i'm glad that we have You're like also assuming just because it's documented that people are going to look at the source material too. well some, somebody took the time to you write it down and make things. it searchable uh-huh. and you know we're lucky that we have you know the like the intellectual the memory here new of ha- holly. yes new haven <laughs> new haven county institutional memory of holly yeah mm-hmm. She's nice. our collective unconscious. So I have a reverse ghost. Okay, cool. A thing that, well, that does exist that didn't used to. Okay, let's a do it. Specter is now. It's a zombie. So, so is it a zombie? No. Is it like resurrected? It's trees. I know trees. Bear with me here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bear with me. So there is a reason in Connecticut that no matter what forest you go into you are not going to see old-growth trees. And when I say old-growth trees, I'm talking about trees that are more than, mm, honestly, 60 or 70 years old. Huh. You will see lots of trees. We have a lot of trees. We, we actually do. have a record number of trees in the state. People come here There's, for our trees. Yeah, they change colors. It's amazing. Yep. But through the early 1800s, charcoal was a big deal. So the ghost here is perhaps charcoal manufacturing. That was how you heated things. Oh my god, you're doing a whole circle of life thing you right make, now. You this make is charcoal. Awesome. You make charcoal by burning wood at a low temperature or high temperature. I honestly have no idea. Um, but charcoal is what's left uh, left over. There was a period for a while where Connecticut was pretty much completely deforested. We were like the charcoal. There was just nothing. Yeah, I'm not even sure that much of it was exported. I think it was just for our own use. That's but why we there have was such white teeth. So much char. Oh dear. Charcoal is teeth lightning. <laughs> it created waspiness. Um, so it really. There's a lot of I, when it, Amanda had brought out the Battery Park earlier. There's a lot of like super fun sites that have been in Connecticut because of the old manufacturing. Oh, there's, there's Just so, sprinkle so some much, charcoal yes. on it. That stuff is it's it's like a miracle. Well, worker. and, and, so and I, I believe it. And not only that, the, the manufacturing tends to center around the edges of rivers because that's where your power was coming from. 
Um, but no, the charcoal. Congratulations, everybody that has well water. <laughs> charcoal manufacturer, we do. Um, charcoal manu- manufacturing was a thing. It got rid of all the trees, and the trees we have now have just sort of grown back since then. So are they are the 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 echoes of the ghost. But yes, the reverse ghost I have is trees. That's very interesting. I did not know that. Look at me learning something here today. Yeah. I want to take us down a notch. I Do want to really, it. like just kill the buzz of this podcast right now and talk about a ghost of Connecticut being eugenics. Woohoo! No. Oh. So in 1936, uh, Wilbur Cross, who is a very famous Connecticut governor, there's, a, hi- that guy. there's yes. a high school named after him in, and, in and New a Haven. road. Yeah. Yep. Um, he commissioned a survey of the human resources of Connecticut that. Um, Seemed actually better suited. This is not about workforce, is it? It is not. Oh, dear. (laughs) It is not. Um, The survey classified state residents based on 21 factors, including race and citizenship. In uh, 1938, a report based on the survey called for weeding out, either through forced deportation or sterilization, immigrants and various ethnic groups, as well as those that suffer from a variety of supposed disabilities, including, like, being a lady. Oh. A woman could sure. be classified as feeble-minded for having a child out of wedlock. So like a census, but the way that Donald Trump wants to use it? Yes. I mean, in short. So like, uh, we don't do that anymore. Yes. Yay, Connecticut. Thank, That's thank like, you. <laughs> like, we're not like super... Into, but, 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 play us the do we really very, not? very smallest violin. Do, don't we, though? Well, we do have means testing still. <laughs> I, I feel like eugenics um, is no longer... Like, New Haven is no longer, like, the hub of eugenics thank goodness um and uh and it can you know it was burn in hell it was very not new haven very in vogue um throughout the early 20th century oh sure and the um, late 19th century as well yeah thanks darwin yeah uh uh, hitler kind of killed that noise a little bit but then they tried to sort of bring it back in various ways um i i um not not as nazi-ish similar to amanda's and wilbur cross's questions there are um data points there were until i want to say the 1940 or 1950 census so surprisingly recently um so for any census they would send it out to everybody but then they would have people go around and do more detail there was a box rating attractiveness oh no there were studies of the correlation between homeliness and certain voting Uh, patterns oh Oh, yeah it's it's an amazing data set in in connecticut too this uh, is like censored census takers would like go around and they would uh, would do it like hot or not that's exactly what that's a that's a very good summary (laughs) time yes um or the the original version of facebook <laughs> because it was probably without people's consent, I'm imagining. Connecticut you know did what's also cool? a billion homely people. <laughs> um, Connecticut did also have a sterilization law. Oh dear! Oh, we're still here. Yeah. We're still going. It was enacted in Thank 1909. You, Cross. Um, by the attorney, uh, or it was enacted in 1909, and then the state attorney general uh, rolled it back um, in 1912. So there were almost 600 people who were classified as mentally insane. Um, and forcibly sterilized, which, uh, just generally sucked. Sorry on behalf of Connecticut. It did. So that, that's a, that, that's a, a sideways step into ghosts. Um, well, I just feel like that's like, that's one of like the really scary ghosts Yeah. in like, in actuality. That's an angry ghost right there. It, that no scares question. me more than creepy dolls sure. or like the, what, what, the Skarsgård brother who Ang- plays angry, the clown. Angry, sterilized ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> you know. 
Yeah. 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 They're, I, they're right to haunt us, though. Yeah, no, they've got a point. <laughs> that ghost comes and is like, all right, you're good. <laughs> no exorcism required. And I, I think one of the things we forget sometimes is just what a conservative state in the small C sense of things uh, Connecticut was for a lot of time. Yeah. Um, because I, I feel like social conservatism is is a relatively new concept because it was just kind of status quo. It was, that, that was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the that's where... Like the land of steady habits as a sentence sounds good, um, but there can be some dark underbelly to it um, at times, and I, th- I think this is probably an example of that. Yeah, although I I am aware that the the land of steady habits one of the things that was defining it when people were um, first kind of introducing that term was the fact that Bridgeport had a habit of having socialist mayors. That was just something that they kind of always did for a long time. It's like a, cu- well. a, a cute but thing. But also, <laughs> socialism was kind of intertwined with like Helen Keller, who's also from um, Connecticut as well. Was really part, I didn't know that. Huh. Yes, she is, and um, they're they're people that I. This is why I, I listen to this podcast to learn things. I this know. Is, yeah, people I've met have uh, have met Helen Keller too, or their, or their grandparents did, or something like that. Wow. Um, and she was part of the eugenics movement as well. Oh God! Even though she she did a lot of like that seems... grand work in the time, it it was weird because she wanted people to be able to like abort babies if they found out that they had disabilities, which is oh kind dear of weird for somebody who's yeah like a who has a number advocate. of disabilities. Yeah, that's that's problematic for yeah super huh. super dark. But yeah, the history we need to face up to as well. Fair enough. Well, that's uh, maybe maybe ghosts fundamentally are hist- are all histories that we need to face up to. Okay. Um, so, did did you have any other ones that you I, want to discuss? I I have a couple of other stores, but I, I I feel like we've taken it down a different pathway, which is probably you know better. Um, certainly, retail comes and goes is perhaps the 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 theme here. Bradley's was one that we had. <laughs> oh, Bradley's is good, but that that was more of a national thing. Oh, right? without a doubt, yeah. Yeah, I remember Bradley's at the mall, Leechmere. Sure. And all huge in their time, and just. Not there. Yeah. Absolutely no trace yep. of them whatsoever. Yeah. But anyways, on the on the focus of retail, um, sure. I, I wanted to end right here in North Haven with a little project that is little known to us um, newbies who've moved into. Town. So th- this is this is a not a ghost so much as a ghost that never was. A ghost of a thing that never was. Mm. And I'm talking about the North Haven Mall. Well, well known the North Haven Mall. The North Haven Mall. If you haven't heard of it, that's because it's not here. But it was basically. Lulu gets really mad about this. North Haven, yeah, Lulu's very against sprawl. <laughs> so, but let's go. Let's start with the North Haven Mall, um, which began in 1973 and ended in 1985. No, not, not the actual mall, just like the just the idea of it. The planning, yeah. Um, it was th- a ghost that loomed large over North Haven for over a, a decade. Is that a decade? That was sure. over a decade. Actually, I can do math. North Haven had centered its like economic growth and its um, future on this North Haven Mall because it was so sure that it was going to happen. But it kind of had um, a lot of issues from the beginning. Um, it was going to be 117 acres between the Quinnipiac River and I-91, which I think is likely by Valley Service Road, where, which yep. goes to only game in town. I'm thinking it was like that that kind of like that, that, large area back there that's not being used for anything that's right a, now. That's exactly right. So for our, our hundreds, thousands perhaps of North Haven listeners, um, when you are getting onto I-91 southbound, 
um, you uh, at exit uh, eleven there. Um, you take a, take a right off of um, Route Five, and then you immediately take another right. If you go straight, then there's a laser tag place. Mm-hmm. Um, that is and if you creepy keep, in its own right, it is. But if you keep going straight, there's a whole lot of nothing in Swamp. That was the mall. By the way, separately, if you want to do driver's ed or drag racing, there is probably a mile of road there that there's just nothing on um, in expectation of the mall, I believe. Yeah. Um, so that's where we are here. So this was, um, you, you know, th- that's all sort of wetlands, and that's what it was at the time as well because it's very close to the Quinnipiac River. We should save it. And this, this is kind of like... We have saved it. There's nothing there. They're going to put lead in it and PCBs, and it's going to go the way of the Excite we're, Battery Factory. We're, we're not all Fairfield County. Well, th- this, w- this was It the, can happen anywhere. <laughs> th- this was the um, kind of concern at the time, too, was that the, there was going to be kind of industrial pollution. This was sort of the start of the environmental movement. So people had kind of issues with... Um, the mall being built and, the, and some of them were kind of like your standard kind of nimby not my backyard type of things um where you know they were thinking about traffic and the fact that there was going to be um an impact on local businesses and whatnot there that it was going to increase rents and stuff like that but one of the interesting things was that um even though there was a local group that was led by a resident called roberta friedman who is still a resident of this town and it was called stop the mall which was a group that solid title. I like her. It operated for uh, a number of years throughout the the seventies and the eighties. Um, New Haven actually got involved as well because they were concerned that the mall was going to um, take business away from the urban uh, development centers right now. Um, it, right then, which raises an interesting issue because the the child of this non ghost mall lives on. Uh-huh. And we call it Universal Drive. Yeah. So instead of getting off of exit 11, you get off at exit 9, and there's a whole chunk of North Haven that we have just given over to retail and people from the greater New Haven area coming in, spending their money, and leaving without ever act- interacting with actual residents of North Haven. I feel like we've just created an open-air mall in that same in, in that area there. I think this goes back to our episode on what was it retail zombification mm-hmm. absolutely in the north haven commons yeah yeah the north haven commons because even the north haven commons over on universal drive like well it's great and it's very convenient and it's wonderful it's almost like an outdated model sure. for shopping yeah. nowadays and I, I mean i think if you think back to the north haven mall like you look at the the number of malls that are like so-called dead malls or zombie malls yeah that we are, would be one like of those. across north america it's very likely that we would have been the, the anchor stores that they had originally announced nope. that would be in there. Ghosts, here we come. G Fox and Company. Woo! I used to love G Fox. J- I got a rock tumbler there. JC Penny, which just recently Whoa. closed a whole bunch of stuff. Macy's is probably the one that's doing the best, although not but doing it, it, great. It's, it's yeah, a, yeah it, it, it's a relative standard here. And then Sears, which kind of. Sure. Is also doing Se- Sears, very Sears, which, right now. which I have to, because I have a MBA and I've gone a, about. Too many episodes without mentioning it. Yeah, look at you dropping. I'm required to. Um, Sears missed online in a big and stupid way Mm -hmm. because Sears was Amazon a hundred years ago. They had catalogs. The catalog was revolutionary. You ordered it and it just came to you. And yet the the online came and they said, "Nah, we got brick and mortar. We're good." Um, So yes, there's your quick case study. You now have three graduate credits. Sweet. 
Um, <laughs> these four anchor stores were also um, anchor stores, just, just to kind of hammer home the point that this mall might not have been around, were anchor stores at the Enfield Mall, which is a famously kind of dead mall. That sure. They've written a bunch of um, recent articles. I, I, the Crystal Mall is coming to my head and not going away. No. <laughs> so were there like subsidies associated with bringing the mall here? 100% were we, we going to like yes. give them a bunch of stuff for Absolute, coming to North Haven? Absolutely, there were. Um, I'm glad we didn't do this. <laughs> this. This was kind of the thing that, you know, was going on at the time. This was a, a big period of neoliberalization um, where they were trying to, and, and again, this was like the main development for North Haven. Um, which at that point had some thri- thriving like manufacturing jobs in town and whatnot, um, is much more of a either commuter or retail based economy now. Um, yeah, of North Haven residents, something like ten percent of them work inside the town of North Haven. Many, yeah, many it's more. It's very, a very small uh, number. Go to many, many New more. Haven, yeah, most, Hartford, mostly everybody yeah. works in uh, fewer in Hartford than you would think. Um, it I, is like primarily with, New Haven. I guess it's an, it's only people I know, but I work with several folks who commute to Hartford, and I, I sit there and look at them and say, why are we doing this to ourselves? I have an hour what? and a half commute. I why will do we do this? see you and raise you. I know. Yeah. You win. So there was actually a um, editorial in the Washington Post at the time about this um, because it became why? such a big issue. Because <laughs> it was this ongoing thing that like really had like dragged out into eternity. This was crumb rubber before <laughs> crumb rubber was cool. It really was. They, they even had like a thousand people show up at the local middle school. So we have hundreds, nay, thousands of listeners. There's literally, literally one listener that will appreciate this content, but he's sitting next to me, Tim. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, my, I want, I'm going to read this quote. Too. My grandmother was the OG Rotterdam Mall protester. No. Oh, yeah. No, she <laughs> was She was all about that. Well, she's she, right on that property. Yeah, yeah. Did, she really is, yes. So, yeah. so wait, was she, was she a Gifford, too? Uh, she's a Schmidt. A Schmidt. Yes. Okay. Um, but, well, yeah, she was... Way I, to go, Grandma Schmidt. I think she may have even been arrested at some point with it. Nice. Yeah, she, oh, my gosh. She got, them, she got them to build a nature trail next to her house in some her. sort of penance for building the mall. You're, and. That mall is now mostly an aquarium and not a good one. Granny Schmidt got arrested for nature. I Granny Schmidt had issues. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's really badass. Though. Fair fair enough. So yes, th- this is this is not a North Haven phenomenon. Malls get protested all over, mm-hmm. and upstate New York content. Absolutely. Um, so in 1982, the Washington Post had said the suburban New Haven Mall, which is the North Haven Mall, would drain uh, New Haven of they shoppers. Wait wait, they couldn't even. Call the town by name. Oh, they, they do. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> they do in, in, in the rest of the article. Uh, but they would drain New Haven of shoppers and likely cause crime to rise downtown, which is one of these arguments that we see. I don't know how. That's weird. That's the opposite argument for Universal Drive. Now we're like, we don't want New Haven shoppers. We're good. And well, that's like so stupid. Well, they're saying that like crime would thrive in New Haven if the, the kind of like the shops closed downtown. All the good bougie people would leave and it would just be the, right. the, the, the derelicts like and ne'er-do-wells left. The, the I don't like this argument. Drugs and crime. Um, but uh, existing downtown streets, sewer and water systems would become underutilized and yet would be duplicated in suburbia. There would be lo- social stratification, affluent people to the North Haven Mall, the poor elderly and blacks to downtown. Public transit to North Haven is minimal. Jobs generated there would doubtless go to suburban housewives rather than to New Haven's working poor. And there's an equity argument. New Haven already foots most of the bill for a regional sports coliseum, theaters, the railroad station, 
and the tax exemption of the universities, museums, and regional hospitals. This is definitely an argument that continues to go on. I, I, um, I believe the region... the North Haven Mall would steal its retail base without the, compensation. The regional sports coliseum, I believe the only thing to which we can say is, boom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, so one of the arguments that was being made, though, was that they, and I don't, I feel like you don't see this as much anymore, that the Carter administration had like started to put money into urban renewal, and it would be almost like a waste of their money that they had put into building up these cities um, oh. if it was just kind of stealing money back into the suburbs. It is an interesting perspective, and I, Tim, I'm right there with you. I don't remember the last time I heard anyone complaining about the Carter administration for anything. <laughs> But th- this was the era kind of like right after, I mean, there was that famous headline of Gerald Ford to New York City drop dead. Sure. Um, when like kind of like the austerity period had started when like the federal government had stopped investing in cities. There was famously a surge in crime in New York and it kind of like festered in other places as well. So I think that there was there was a general sentiment of kind of, you know, that the, the cities were sort of the the epicenter of the economy and that the suburbs were had kind of like leached money off of that it, it and and it's an interesting perspective because i i forgot completely one of the other ghosts that i have is the general electric corporation uh-huh. um it would, which which followed which <laughs> followed actually tim a path that you're talking about because there was a time when ge was headquartered in new york city they left because urban was no longer cool they came to a Fairfield County campus, and then they left to Boston because Urban was suddenly cool again. Because time is a mm-hmm. flat circle. Everything right. old is new again, and bye, Felicia. Right. Thank you for listening to episode three. Or 300. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, anything else we want to mention before we... I think I've I've been spooked out by all of this. I think I th- we covered all of it. Uh-huh. So <laughs> we we are the definitive word on all things Connecticut as usual. Mm-hmm. So Connecticut is not what it once was. Is is the and it's something altogether new again. Mm-hmm. Trees out of charcoal. Time is a flat circle. That's yeah. it. I'm moving to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> that should be our next episode. <laughs> it really should. There's too much nature now, guys. I don't like all the bugs. And the, and the mosquitoes came back. It was so much quieter when we moved in. These that's, that's what our neighbors say about us. It was <laughs> so much quieter until the Gabriels got here. Uh, for Connecticut Inside Out, I am Tim Gabriel, and check out our um, uh, npr.org backslash CT Inside Out for nothing. quality <laughs> Don't do that. content. Um, or maybe it's a ghost of things to come. Yes. Ghost of things to come. <laughs> nice. The house is haunted by the echo of your last goodbye. The house is haunted by the memories that refuse to die. I can't get away from a vision that brings intimate glimpses of intimate things. A voice in my heart like a torch singer sings. I wonder who's kissing her now. The house is haunted by the echo of your favorite song.
is cluttered up with roses that have lived too long, much too long. The ceiling is white, but the shadows are black. A ghost in my heart says she'll never come back. The house is haunted by the echo of your